Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hard Nine Podcast. Uh, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Today is this, nope, it's not, February 9th, 2023, six days until Cardinals Pitchers and Catchers Report, and Ricky Horton days until opening day. For those of you who don't know what number Ricky Horton was, because I wouldn't blame you, to be quite honest, um, he was number 49. Um, 49. Shout out, Ricky. I, don't, I, I have something to tell you that I was waiting to tell you until we're on here. Okay. I think I think those daily posts would be better if you posted the picture and the player in their jersey instead of just a picture of like the jersey sale on eBay. No, it wasn't on eBay. It was. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand um, why that's. What I just you went with. yeah, it was just the jersey. It had the like cool it looks so much patch. better. It looks so much better if you had like Willie McGee in his jersey. I disagree. Okay, fine. Jeez, you know, you could text me this after I put the first <laughs> one out to let me know. Yeah, but I thought that was the only picture you could find, and then you did it two more times. No, no, no. 49 days till opening day. We will be there. We will be there bright and early. Uh, looks like the Oyster Bar doing something again. Hopefully, maybe we'll be doing something with them at some point in time. Have you decided if you're out. going with Harry Bader tomorrow? I have, I have decided who I'm going with tomorrow. It will not be Harry Bader. Oh. Yeah, and uh, Who's one, of, uh, one of my right buddies now? commented Ray Fosses, which was also a really I think, good comment. I think... It will Eva not Herrera be Herrera just either. changed to number 48. I, that I don't, I cannot deny nor confirm. He did. That. Him and Monty switched numbers, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah, Monty, Monty switched, I know. So with Yvonne, um, I got, with it, I got it ready to go. I got it all ready to go. Hey, tomorrow. do you say Yvonne or Ivan? Yvonne, Her- Ivan Herrera? I don't know. Ivan was the terrible. Know. Yvonne was Pudge. So which would you rather have? You tell me. I don't know. It's not my name. I guess I'll ask Herrera if I ever see him. But... We're not here to talk about Yvonne Herrera. No, but, uh, Herrera. But, but while we do have everybody here, thank you again for coming back. We appreciate that. And as we get closer and closer to baseball season, it does seem like a lot of people picking up on, on what we're throwing down, which we greatly appreciate. So while you are there, so while you are there, if you are That's enjoying this, which, which uh, evidently YouTube says some of you are, which thank you, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate that. That continues to help us. We, we're we getting to where we need to be. We're just not there yet. And with your help, we can get there. But you've made us who we are now. So thank you so much. Um, with that being said, we get, get to, as we kind of go the counterclockwise around the horn, uh, today we get to our fifth player profile. Really, it's our sixth player, but our fifth profile as we continue our march to opening day. Uh, today we bring you a seven-time All-Star, a 10-time Gold Glove winner, a six-time Platinum Glove Award winner, a five-time Silver Slugger Award winner, three-time Wilson Defensive Player of the Year Award. Just learned about that today. Uh, three-time NL Home Run Leader, two-time NL RBI Leader, five-time Fielding Bible Award, which, by the way, we learned about last week, so shout out to him on that one. And uh, has hit for the cycle twice, the man who is right over my shoulders here, the man who we still have to pinch ourselves to realize that he is in a Cardinal uniform, the man who said, fuck off, I'm opting in, when who knows what kind of money he could have got, Nolan Arenado. Yeah, the the king, as I call him, King Nolan. Um, I All have right. a couple of thoughts on what he's done for this organization in the first two years of him being here, which I will get to in a second. But the thing that I think you just read off his stats, it's a laundry list of achievements. I mean, the guy has had a Hall yes. of Fame career. And that's just a minute. Those are just the big dogs. Yeah, you didn't, I don't even know if you said Silver Slugger or not. Um he I did, but I was going fast. Rolling them off. He um has won 10 gold gloves in a row in 10 seasons. Yes. 
and six platinum gloves in a row, which for those of you who don't know, I assume most of you do, that is the best fielder in all of the National League. He has done it six times in a row. I mean, the guy, while hitting 30 bombs, while driving in 100, while having an OPS of 900, the guy is just, I mean, he's a top 10 player in baseball, right? Like, there's not 10 guys oh, yes. I, don't, I don't think I could think of to put on my team for 2023 over Nolan Arenado. And how cool and is I it to have I that guy on our second, team? Second all-time in fielding percentage at third base. Guess who he's behind? Brooks? His former teammate, Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, okay. Yeah. About Matt nine, Chapman, Matt man, Chapman was, was like 978, and Nolan's 972, which, by the way, 97 out of 100 times, the man does not make an error. That's that's unbelievable at third base. There's a reason they call it the fucking hot corner. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not easy. And I think as I think he is him and along with some Manny Machado, some guys like that have kind of started the trend of, hey, we'd like to have a guy that can field well over there, too. Unless you're the top 10 MLB network list in which you rank Nolan Arenado behind Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, um, who was number Jose two, Ramirez, J Ram and Manny Machado. That's just I know. I mean, you can make an argument well, you, for Manny, but the other four you can't in my mind. The other three, no, I just I don't agree. think you can. I'm just shout out to J Ram. I do think you're, I don't know, top ten hitter in baseball easily. But when you put in fielding, I mean, there's very few guys that do it that can do it both things at um at all star level. There's even fewer that do it at a superstar level, and that's what Nolan Arenado's done his entire well, do, career. Let me ask you this: Do you think that fantasy baseball has almost screwed some of these rankings. Like, you know, it's, no. all toward, it's all skewed towards offense and they're not looking at the complete game because I'm sorry, massive fan of Jose Ramirez, massive fan of Austin Riley, even though you hate him and you told everybody on Twitter. Stop, don't do that. I do like war. Austin Riley. Caused I don't the, want that out there. <laughs> the big war with the Braves fans. Um, but, and even Devers, love Rafael Devers, but we've all seen Rafael Devers play third base. Come on, like, no we'll try to him. try love to play man. third base. It's flat, it's flat rate. But, I mean, do you, so you don't think that has anything to do with it? Like, it I don't think like it's... all we look at is the offensive war and we don't look at everything else. And that's how we make our list on the MLB network. I don't think it's fantasy baseball. I think it's the fact that hitting is one of the most exciting thing to watch in baseball. I mean, there's nothing better than watching a clutch home run, right? Like that's right. the most euphoric feeling you can have as a fan or a viewer. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think hitting is probably the hardest thing in baseball to do. So that probably plays a factor into it. And also it's way easier because these defensive metrics, I mean, they have Paul Goldschmidt being a negative defender at first base. If you watch the guy every day, that's just not true. Correct. Um, I think it's harder to quantify how great a defensive player is, but the offensive stats are kind of right in front in front of you. And they kind of tell the whole story. Yeah. I think they've gotten better. Like, again, I don't understand all of, they're the, still not perfect. All of the stat cast numbers and everything. And I feel like I'm getting a lot better with them too, to understand them. But yeah, you're, they're getting there with the outs above average, with the, the use the R ratings with the DRS. defensive run saved. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think they're getting a lot better. And again, it's all a formula that guys way smarter than us who went probably to an Ivy league school, punch into a computer and come out with a number doesn't mean it doesn't always mean everything. It's not the end all be all, but it is something to kind of, I think in your terms, quantify where Nolan Arenado stands defensively. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's the best defensive third baseman I have ever witnessed that in, in my lifetime, I, I, I never saw Brooks Robinson. Um, I understand that people from that era will 
would have an argument possibly against me. Well, Brooks His Robinson, numbers, Brooks Robinson said Nolan Arenado was the best of all time. Mike Schmidt was incredible. Scott, we I was lucky enough to watch Scott Rowland here. Bring it back to Scott, right? Thank God he's finally Hall of Famer. The, the, the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, Hall of Famer Scott Rowland. That has such a cool ring to it, by the way. That makes Sounds him right. even cooler. But Nolan is the getting to watch him. Like, we always saw him in Colorado, and we always saw him on the highlights. But getting to watch him day in and day out as a Cardinal fan, which, again, pinch yourself. It's hard for me to believe that he's here. Um, he is the greatest third baseman I've ever seen play. That's what I'll say. Yeah, for me, it was always – I mean, I saw the latter half of Scott Rowland's career. I didn't get to see, you know, I was two years old when him, Jim Edmonds, and Albert Pujols were all in their prime in the MV3 the in MV3, the 2004 yeah. season. But um, for me, it was always Adrian Beltre. And then I don't know, I, I would guess maybe five years ago, four or five years ago, it started to shift over to where I would just watch Nolan Arenado play baseball. And one, he was the most, he still is, one of the most electric personalities in baseball. The guy just lives and breathes the game, plays it with a passion that very few guys play it with. Um, and two, he's just flat out ridiculous at every aspect of the sport. Like, other than running, because he's slow as fuck, he really is. But everything else, he is fantastic at. And I have something I want to throw to you, because this is kind of the thing I want to lead off with, because I think it's important. Um, I felt like Cardinal baseball. This is no shot at Goldie. This is no shot at Matt Carpenter or Dexter Fowler, any of the people that were leading the charge from what the 16 to 19 season. Interesting that he was one of the ones you came up with. Well, those were the top three hitters in our lineup for a long time, right? But what I'm saying is from around 16 to 19, 17 to 19, that area, even though they made the the um the NLCS, I feel like the team was boring. I feel like it wasn't when Wayno said this, it wasn't a destination anymore. People weren't trying to come play for the St. Louis Cardinals like they are now or before. Um, I think Nolan Arenado has completely changed one, the energy around the team. Um, it's just more fun. It's, it's something that you want. You have a guy you want to watch every single day. No offense to Goldie, but he just doesn't bring the same energy. Nolan does on a daily basis to the energy in the stadium. I mean, that place is rocking almost every night, it seems like now. Mm-hmm. And three, I think players like Wilson Contreras are starting to take notice and they want to be a part of this team. And some young guys have a part in that too. But I think Nolan Arenado coming here in 2021 has completely shifted the outlook of the next five years in this franchise. Yeah, I can't argue that. And I think you also add to what you just said, a guy from the West Coast, Right. Everybody always wanted to talk about, oh, he's going to end up a Dodger. I mean, in the offseason, there were people freaking out that he was not going to, he was going to opt out, um, that he was going back to LA where he, you know, grew up a Dodger fan from out in that area. But you've got a guy from the left coast who now ends up in St. Louis in the Midwest and decides, I'm, I want to stay here with this franchise in the city. His, his kid was born in St. Louis. Nolan lives, I mean, I know he has got all their other houses, but he has a house in St. Louis. Um, yeah, I think that is a massive part of it. And, you know, he is dedicated. He said, I, this is where I want to finish my career. I see no reason why he, he's 31. I see no reason why he's not going to finish his career here, right? Um, yeah. he, he's great friends with Goldie. He's incredibly close with Lars. They've become incredibly close over the years. And, you know, I, yeah, I think what you're seeing is Contreras coming here. I think we've seen other people sniff around. I think that's going to, I'm hoping that's getting back to where it was back in the tooth that early when Tony was here, when it was a destination hotspot. 
Or even like go back to when they got Beltran and they got you right know, in that correct. era of Cardinal baseball. Even post Albert, it was yep. still that. Yeah, because Matt Holiday and they had all those guys. But yep. um, I think we'd be remiss not to go over when we're talking about Nolan Arenado. And I know we've already done an episode on this, but not to at least go back over his comments about St. Louis. The fact that he didn't opt out, like you said, where he would. I mean, we look at Manny Machado. All the rumors are he's either going to get a massive extension or he's going to go to free agency and see if he Correct. can get a bigger deal. I'm not begrudging Manny Machado. He's earned that right very much so. But Nolan Arenado's comments saying that he feels like he's connected to the city of St. Louis. He loves the city. He feels like it's a grinder city, which is how he plays baseball. And we're talking about a guy where if you watch the videos of him in his warehouse, he has a California flag. He has a California flag on his glove. Correct. He's very prideful of being from California and he loves it. And he still stayed in St. Louis. Like that's a big deal to me. And I don't know. I think he should get the loudest ovation um, in St. Louis on opening day, louder than Contreras, louder than Goldie who won the MVP, because that guy just, I mean, I, I when was the last time that happened? Even Matt Holiday went to free agency. He came back, but he went to free agency. Albert Pujols Correct. went to free agency and left. Paul Goldsmith signed a massive extension. That's a different scenario. But Nolan Arenado coming off of arguably the greatest season in his career in the hardest ballpark to hit in in baseball, one of them, top five hardest probably, decided that he wanted to stay in St. Louis and keep his promise to the city and the organization and try and win here. That's special to me. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I will say I think the guy who's going to get the loudest innovation on opening day was uh, yesterday's guy on our page, number 50. Um, Wayno, I think that, yeah, that's right. the guy who's probably going to get the loudest, but no, no more Yachty ovations. How anyway. weird, yeah, how weird is that? That's going to be so weird to be there. That, but but you know, I hope he's the, back. The, he might be there. Cannot wait to see Wilson come out in one of those vets. He won't be, he'll be in the bull, he'll be in the bullpen. Oh, he will be in the bullpen. Oh, and we're in the left field instead of the right field, aren't we? Oh, that's all right. That doesn't, matter. I will. I think we'll that's see plenty of him during the game. We'll be, yeah, fine. yeah, that's gonna be awesome. But the, the ovation will be big. I forgot about it. The walk right. in, um, the walk in yeah, with yeah. Wilson with and Wayne. Loud. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, but this is about oh, Nolan. Okay, okay I do think, right. I think the loudest will probably be Willie McGee because it always is. He's always the loudest ovation, except for yeah, Albert last players. year. But, um, I think, I think Nolan deserves almost like he won't get it because he's already gotten multiple, but a standing ovation is first to bat because you just do not see guys do what he did uh, he, it doesn't at, happen and if you look at his career obviously one of the things was oh look at his splits coming out of Colorado it's hilarious to me that people still use this argument folks do not realize how much easier it is to hit in Colorado like every player splits are going to be different if you use that argument you you live legitimately are showing everyone else when you say that that you have no idea what you're talking about more importantly like, yes it is opinion. going to be it is going to be less Hold on. More importantly, in my opinion, people don't talk about how much harder it is to hit on the road when you're coming from Colorado. Correct. It's a massive Correct. adjustment. Um, Lemayhu's talked about it. No one's talked about it. Um, let's look Probably at the Blackman. big play. Let's look at the big players in the last. I don't know. Let's go four biggest players to leave Colorado. Maybe five. Larry Walker, success. JJ Lemayhu, success. Nolan Arenado, success. Um, Troy Tulowitzki had success in Toronto. Yeah. And then. Um, I think I'm missing one that I wanted. Matt Holiday, a lot yeah. of success, I'd say. So right. that narrative is so dumb and played out to me. Yeah, but people I mean, still use Todd it. Like, to be in the Hall of Fame. People still say it. 
Like, it like they make, know I mean, something that other people don't know. It's like, no, what you know is that you don't understand the game. But either way, with that being said, I mean, what's he have? 154 OPS plus this year. That's his highest in his career. Uh, we talked about it at the, at the beginning, his home run titles, his RBI titles. He might not do that again at Bush Stadium. The game is different for him. He's a 31-year-old gap-to-gap hitter uh, who really – I want to put it again. I want to put it right. against right. him. I mean, but he also lives in one gap, if we're going to be honest. You know what I mean? He lives in that left but center. Yeah, but, he not, but that's that's the thing that's so interesting to me is he does pull the – he pulls the ball when he hits for power, and he um, hits the ball the other way when he's trying to get a single. Look, I think that – the way that he maximizes his potential by doing that is something I've never seen in my life. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. Well, and he really, like he said after his first year here in St. Louis, that the one thing he really wanted to get on after playing a whole season at Bush stadium was getting the ball out to left field more. He did. <laughs> he did. And he said, and he said he wanted to hit the ball harder, harder. And it yeah, was like the hardest did. exit velocities of his career. Correct. Like he did, you know, okay. So one of the most fun talks always is, you know, where do you rank him on the elite greats? And we talked about that. I said he's the best third baseman I think I've ever seen. Um, right now, he sits currently with a 52 career war uh, on – that's through baseball reference, B-war. Um, it's like around 48 if you do fan graphs, I believe. The uh, the average for Hall of Famers to 68 at the at the third base position. I mean, he could have that in three years, right? I mean, four years. He's already getting close to rolling. Yeah, he is. Well, Roland was at 70, I believe, right? Was he? Roland's 10th. Roland's 10th all-time at 70. Okay. And right now, Arenado is 24th all-time at 52 in just 10 years. So he's averaging a 5.2 war a year. Like, the leader of all-time is Mike Schmidt at 106. He has a legit shot to get to that. I don't know that he plays long enough to get to that. But he's going to get close. Like, Beltray at 93.5 is pretty impressive there, third. But (laughs) either way, that's irrelevant. Like, Eddie Matthews is second. But – He's going yeah. to be in that top 10 list, I believe, when it's all said and done. Maybe top five. I mean, uh, stop, as as, stop, And stop. we're just talking some war. Are you talking about Tom? I was about to say, because he's already a top 10 third baseman. No, no, no. Just talking about war. Yeah. Um, war. Yeah, I think he will be as well. I don't know where Chipper Jones is on that list. Chipper six. He's right behind George Brett. What's he at? Uh, 85.3. Man, there's been some loaded. Man, there's not a lot of third baseman in the Hall of Fame, but the top 10 to 15 are loaded with If talent. you'd like, just listen to the top 11. Let's so our listeners can know, right, for okay. – uh, Mike Schmidt, Eddie Matthews, Adrian Beltre, Wade Boggs, George Brett, Chipper Jones, Brooks Robinson, Paul Molitor, Ron Stanto, Scott Rowland, 11, Edgar Martinez, all Hall of Famers. Top Do you Eleven. count Paul Molitor? I don't. He's listed on there. That, that's fair. And I don't know that we, and we've talked about this before. I don't know that you count Edgar really because he only played I don't. a handful of seasons at third base, but they do have them listed there and they do put them among the third basemen, which is an interesting play. Ron Santo. Got in late, uh, on, unfortunately, after he passed away. Um, he should have been in immediately. Ag- agreed. Yeah, agreed. But um, I guess a great list, man. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in the conversation for one of the greatest of all time. Um, one of those guys, I think when, when he was in Colorado, he was always top three favorite players of mine outside of the organization. Same. Um, and I never thought we'd get him. And to be honest with you, after 2020, I was worried that he was going, um, he was kind of trending downwards. Um, I, I guess I hadn't really taken the 60-game sample size into account at that point in time, but he had that shoulder injury. And I think it was a perfect storm of Colorado not wanting to pay him because they were believing that they the profits weren't going to rebound after COVID. Um, of the Cardinals having a crop of young talent and 
of the Cardinals being willing to spend the money. I don't know what got them to be willing to spend that money. I'm glad they were because they're still paying him $35 million this year, which isn't really being talked about very much. That's a big contract. Um, but I, I still honestly, sometimes I can't believe that we're going into his third season. That's crazy to me in its own right as a Cardinal, but I still can't believe he's here. Like it doesn't make sense. The one thing you forgot to talk about was the power of Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Paul Goldschmidt texting him legitimately every day about how they wanted him to come play with them. Like he was texting them videos of him fielding but, ground balls and saying, show Mo this <laughs> while he was a Rocky. The man, the man it was made to play here. It's a shame that, I mean, second round pick out of high school, Cali, obviously uh, a really good school. We talked about Matt Chapman playing there. I think his younger brother, played in the Giants organization, and then Brian Fuentes, right? I think it's his cousin. That's his cousin. Cousin, and, yeah. Brian, yeah but he, he played a, with him in Colorado. In Colorado, but his brother played, I think, in the in the Giants organization. I'm not sure, well. maybe. Younger brother. I'm pretty sure that's what I read, um, or I've heard that somewhere. But either way, yeah, I mean, doesn't go to high school. He's committed, I think, to Arizona State, and then ends up drafted in the second round, and here we yeah. are later. Like, like I said, uh, I think if you were to pin me down, you know, right now, most excited player that I love the most to watch the most is Nolan Arenado on the Cardinals. And maybe he's in that top five list in baseball. We all know my affinity for Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, you, there's a, there's a good list going on right now. Arenado sits right in that list for me. Yeah. And as a Cardinal um, fan, it goes even higher. He's probably, this is the first time since Alan Craig shout out that my favorite that player Alan. in all of baseball, I can say is the Cardinal. Yeah. I like, think that's it's awesome. the first time that's happened since, no offense to anyone that's come after. I love Matt Carpenter, but it was always Harper. It was always Bregman. Um, and Nolan Arnold just passed all of them. Like he's like, once I saw him play every day, um, it's it's honestly, you know, you always hear things like you really don't understand how great Mike Trout is if you don't watch him every day. Things like that. I kind of always thought, well, I kind of do know. Like I can see the numbers. I know how good they are. I watch them once or twice a week. Nolan Arenado makes a spectacular play. Probably more frequently than every other game. Yeah, it sure feels like it, doesn't it? And and you know, and, it, and it's it's weird that when you see him like in the in the playoff game, he makes an error, and then people are like, "How does that? How does, does that happen? happen? Right? How does that happen? That's when you know that you've reached that level. I mean, the numbers are there, the proof is in the pudding. We are lucky to have him at age thirty-one. I mean, people in the people think thirty-one is old. It's not, folks. He's going to continue to put up elite numbers at third base. He's going to continue to be in that line. With I don't care what MLB Network says, with Manny Machado as the top two third baseman in Major League Baseball. That, that's all there is to it. And we yeah, are so lucky to get to watch he's gonna him every be, night. He's going to be in the top two when he's not number two. Okay. That's my opinion. But um, I think <laughs> I, I think Nolan had – he had one of the most consistent seasons. I mean, Goldie was doing it at the same time, so he got overshadowed a bit. But one of the most consistent seasons I have ever seen a Cardinal have. He had two months that were really iffy, but the other four months, it spanned six months, right? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Seven, maybe six. Um, but the other six, four months were um, yeah, just elite the entire month, it seemed Correct. like. And he had less home runs last year than he did in 2021, which when I saw that, it made no sense in my head. Um, but we're talking about a guy who's one home run. His first home run in 2023 is going to be his 300th, mm -hmm. which, is, which is a big milestone for him. And he has homered both opening days since being a Cardinal. So maybe we'll see him homer for a third time. For Maybe we'll get one. We are in left but field I, this year. I think I want to go to the – I think he might be trending upwards and having 
I think his next two years might be his best years of his career. All right. And the reason I think that is because I think he's figured something out. Lars Nupar has kind of made him figure something out by taking him to driveline. He's focused more on exit velocity. He's got that weird puck handle that him and Goldie both have. Um, and I think this, I think we could see Nolan Arenado win an MVP in the next two years. And that may sound biased because it is, but I do believe that he's been so close. And then you look at his stats from, I don't know, like 2016 to 2018, that's three years. He probably should have won three of them, but because Stan hit 59 home runs or because he was playing in Colorado and lost and to Harper Chris had Bryant. that unbelievable yes. season. Yeah. Yes. And he lost to Chris Bryant when he shouldn't have. Right. Um, correct. I think he's in a city now where one, he's going to be playing in meaningful baseball games every day, but two, you cannot take any of his production away from him because that stadium's hard to hit home runs in. It's hard to hit for power in and the dude's slugging over 550 or whatever it yeah. was last year. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm really hoping to see this year is them get into the, obviously get in the playoffs, but, and then him to put up a monster series. That's the one thing lacking as a Cardinal. Um, and this isn't a shot. It's just the one thing right now. What's well, a reality? He's talked about it. Goldie's talked about it. Um, Goldie had a couple good or had a good series in 2019. No, actually, yeah. Dad, I, I want to put I a think, I want to. Can I step on that for a second? Just one sure. thing. People talk about Paul Goldschmidt's playoff numbers. What do you think his career OB, OPS in the postseason is? No clue, to be honest. It's over 900. Goldie's? Over 900. Really, from his years in Arizona, for no, for, I mean, he had he had like a fourteen hundred OPS in twenty nineteen in the postseason. And that, yeah, did he really total? Um, in the first series, I'd say. Okay, I was gonna stuff. say, but what I'm saying is, second he has a series, career, nobody. Hit he's, well, he's Washington. a career superstar in the postseason. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's unfair to lump him in over. And he, honestly, like last year, he had a hit. So I mean, it was this twenty twenty two season. He wasn't very good, but Correct. every other season, I mean, he's been good. Twenty one postseason, he's played in. 2021, he wasn't very good. No, 2021, he had a hit in one game. Oh, yeah, that's right. They only played one game. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so, that's what I, I'd like to yeah, see Nolan, him. Yeah, I want to see Nolan have his October moment Yes, with the Cardinals. And I really do. You know what's interesting to me about that, Deb? When Nolan was in Colorado, you, we all remember the Father's Day cycle, walk-off home Correct. run, right? Um, the notion around him was that he was one of the clutchest players in baseball. It really was. Because he had, he'd only played like two or three postseason games. So there was no sample size there to say he wasn't one of the clutchest players in baseball. But also because he came up in big moments all the time. Um, so I think I think he needs to get into a series that's not two games where he hits the ball yeah. hard five times and, you know, they're caught. Well, he's supposed we, to do you and him. I were sitting right there in the left field bleachers. I still haven't figured out how that ball didn't go out in game one. Like that ball the was hit sound so of damn that hard. What they say, ninety nine percent of the time that ball goes out or something. Ninety eight percent of the time. No, they said he had hit a ball in Bush Stadium exactly like that, like four or five times. They were all home runs before that one. Yeah, but I think the stack cast was ninety nine percent of the time a ball hit with that launch angle and that velocity, yeah. uh, and that Zavilo is a home run. This is a cold. And we thought it was gone. There's yeah. you and I were on national TV. Yeah, we were. <laughs> um, so, I. I think I think he's gonna have a big postseason moment because I think that's who he is. You know, I, I do. I believe he is that guy that can put a team on his back, a la Bryce Harper last year, and say, Hey, we're getting to the World Series. I'm gonna will it to happen. Yep. I do think in order to give that the best chance of happening, they're really going to have to push for a one or two seed so they don't have to go into I agree. Oh, look, we're facing Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Good luck. Agreed. You know? I agree with you. 
Yeah, or so we're I think or, just... or we're facing uh um Scherzer and Verlander. Right. Or I mean go down the list. De- uh, Musgrove and um you Darvish. Freed and Morton or Freed and Strider. Right. Yeah. Freed and Strider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I so, agree with you 100 percent So I think yeah, I think he needs to get I think one, I think if he doesn't do well in the postseason, someone else has to step up, right? Because it's just he can't be yes. the only guy. He also needs to step up. Don't get me wrong. But I also believe that if he goes into a long postseason run, say they get to the CS or they get to the World Series, I think his numbers are going to be really, really good, if not elite. He's just got to have a bigger sample size than one or two games. Yeah, and I'd say my argument would be if they get there, he's, it's gonna have, they're going to have to be elite. Right. I mean, I think they're they're going to have to be. He's going to have to be good, that guy. You know, um, there, you know, there's not much that we really need to spend more time on Nolan Arenado. At least I don't. Uh, we all know who he is. We're all excited to have him. I have one more thing. I have one sure. More thing. Absolutely. Um, oh, we, you... we're getting Caleb shirt says one more thing. Well, I hadn't said that yet. This is my last <laughs> this is my last thing on him. No, I'm kidding. But I, I want to know how you believe having Wilson Contreras one as the third I don't want to say big bat because I do believe Tyler O'Neill can also be that, but I want to say established, you know what you're going to get elite bat in your order, probably most likely hitting behind him. Do you believe that's going to positively impact him or do you think that's overblown? No, I do not. First of all, I do. Okay. I do not think it's overblown. I think it's massively important. We saw last year, a revolving door of people hitting fifth behind him. We saw the year before, Guess who our number five hitter was a majority of the games? Yachty. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I think because that's when O'Neill moved up to that, what, two slot. What are you laughing at? I'm just like, it was still in Carlson down the stretch, but it was like Yachty for a while. Yeah, but for a lot for a lot of the season, it was him. And then when when O'Neill got hot, they moved him to the three hole and he had Nolan hitting fourth. And then you had Yachty hitting fifth. But yeah. And last year it was Gorman I, and I think, a lot of the time. I think the addition of not just Contreras. And we've talked about lineup flexibility. We're going to continue to talk about lineup flexibility because it is such a massive part of this team. But in that six hole also, like expand it one more out if you want. That if if it's Gorman, if it's Yapez, if it's Tyler O'Neill, or if he's hitting second, if it's New, if it's Car- fill in the blank, Jordan Walker, who knows? Hmm. The longer that lineup gets, the better Nolan Arenado's production is going to become. That's I think that's all there is to it. So I've I heard an interesting thing um, right. where where some of the stars um, that are batting in the middle of the order believe the best protection you can give somebody is people that can get on base in front of them. Oh, one hundred because it's agree. way different to pitch to somebody with a Newt Bar and a Donovan on base than it is to pitch. Oh well, Wilson Contreras is on deck. Well, it's Nolan Arenado up. It's not going to impact them that much because they don't want to give in to Nolan Arenado no matter who's <laughs> behind him. Um, and I think I do think more than Wilson Contreras being behind him. I believe that Newpar, Donovan, whoever's batting first or second, but a full year of those guys might impact Goldie and Nolan more than Wilson Contreras will. Oh, there's no doubt that if you're a top hitter and, and there's one or two outs and there's guys on base and ahead on in front of you, you're they're going to be more willing to pitch and you than I to am, put a guy on. No yeah. doubt. Especially, well, but add to it, I think, especially with Wilson Contreras hitting right behind. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I would say. I think those go hand in hand. You definitely think twice about walk about um pitching around yes. Nolan. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, I, I can't wait to see. I'm so geeked for spring training. I'm so geeked to see how this shakes out. Um, I, I just can't wait to see how, you've got all of these things and we've talked about a bunch of them. We've now hit all of the infield. We've hit we've hit catcher. Um, 
you know, I, I'm excited to see how some of these these uh, things are going to play out because, the again, I'll say it again, the flexibility and the depth of this roster right now is as deep as there is in baseball. Like, it, it just is. It just Especially, is. With, yeah, with yeah, major league sure. talent. And talent coming as well. They're correct, still a top 10 correct. farm system. Yep, correct. Yeah, ninth, by the way, that came out this week. Uh, they were ninth, and that's, I mean, people underestimate that, like, just because you don't see one or two, that's all right. I think Astros were pretty high up. I think Dodgers were, were the Dodgers pretty high up? I don't remember. They were the number one. List. Baltimore was up there. Dodgers were right. number one. Okay, yeah, Rays were up there. I think those the, were teams And I think, I, I do believe it's important to recognize that the reason the Cardinals are not number one or number two is because Gorman, um, Yepes, Donovan, Newtbar, all these guys. Carlson. Um, Carlson, Pilate, they've graduated. So they're no Correct. longer considered in the pipeline. But if you were to do prospects plus young major league talent, I think the Cardinals would be number one. Yeah, I think that's argue. I think that that's a, there's a good or argument. Or the Orioles, there. but they'd be up in the top three. A um, couple things uh, to go through as we move on. Uh, Anthony, I'm going to let you pronounce his last name. Misev- Misevich? Misevich. Is that right? Misevich. Anthony Misevich. Misevich. Is now a Cardinal. What are your thoughts? Go. Uh, I think it's a good depth move. I do believe it might take them out of the Andrew Chafin, Matt Moore. I think those guys might okay be looking for a two to three year deal. And the Cardinals have gotten burned from two to three year deals for relievers in the past. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He has good whiff. He has good. He had good strikeout numbers, which the Cardinals need. He has really good. Hey, Kansas on this City. Curve. I think he did not before that. Correct. He had, yeah, but he had to run at eight for the year, but it was 11 yeah. in Kansas City. He has a good curveball spin. He has good fastball spin. I don't know. I mean, I don't have high hopes for him. No offense to him. Happy, happy birthday, James Nail. Shout out. Yeah, it was tough. DFA'd an hour later. I, I think it's a good depth move, but it's nothing more. No, I agree. Here's, here's the way I put it on Twitter. It can help you, but it can't hurt you. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it adds competition with Cabrera, with who um, Zach Thompson, with JoJo Romero. I have a question Wait, for you. Who's my other? Who's your lefty? I'm missing right there. Say Thompson. Yes, yeah, Thompson Packy. Romero. Huh? Packy. 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 There you go. Um, and that's good. Are you surprised good. when we know that that's going to be competitive in spring training? Jojo Romero and Hansis Cabrera will not be in camp. They're going to be at the WBC. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's surprising. Is, yeah. But, but again, they'll be back. I mean, they'll be there early. They'll be there early. I mean, it depends on how far Mexico goes for Jojo. Yeah, but it doesn't start till March, so they're going to be in camp for a while. Yeah, but that's when the games start. Yeah, but they're going to get they're going to be playing games. Like again, I, either way, they've talked about Wilson Contreras. I mean, not Wilson Contreras, Jordan Walker being in camp while all these other guys are gone. So he's going to get the right. most at bats out of anybody. I think it is significant to where if a guy like Masevich shows up and shoves in spring, and I don't know Cabrera and Romero aren't there, I think that could be a factor into. Pushing one of those guys onto the Masevich onto the roster over the yeah, other two. Could be. They've seen what he's done. Could be. Uh, speaking of today, uh, United States baseball released their roster. Did you see it? It's loaded. I am super geeked for Devin, dude. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. I am so happy for him. For those of you who don't know, Devin Williams, former student of mine at Hazelwood West High School, played baseball for us. I was freshman baseball coach. He play, obviously did not play freshman. He did not come to us till after his sophomore year at CBC. Um, I had him in class, really liked the kids, still talk to him every once in a while. Not often. I don't like to bother him very often. Um, I am super proud of him, man. That's, I mean, so geek. Rookie of the year, like one, you know, all-star team. 
and now you get to play in the in the uh, USB World Baseball Classic. Uh, and USA won in 2017. They did. So, you know, Nolan a part of that team, by the way. And Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, um, I'm just super geeked for Devin, just knowing him personally. I, I'm I'm yeah. so happy for him. I mean, how cool is it that he has the best pitch in baseball? Yeah, right. Like, that's awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it's awesome for him. The pitching, not talking about Devin because he's top five reliever in baseball, right? Like, there's not five relievers I'd take over him, at least, personally. Um, I am – the pitching's a little light when comparing it to the hitting, but I get it. Like, Jacob deGrom's not going to go to the WBC. No. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer no, are no. not going – I wish they would have. Kershaw, so which I, I thought was, was I mean, fucking I'm awesome. I'm so happy for that, too. But um, you know did that you see Adam man, Wainwright? Man? You see Adam Wainwright made him come. He said, Kershaw, you're coming with me. So that because apparently they're good friends, which is cool. Yeah, it would have been cool to see a Zach Wheeler. Would have been cool to see an Aaron Nola. But we're, those are also guys who went deep into 2022, you know, and also guys with an injury past. I, and more I, importantly I mean, than that, I don't blame guy, more importantly than that, starting pitching is the hardest, elite starting pitching, I should say, is the hardest thing to replace in season when there's injuries. Right. So like a Zach Will and Aaron Nola, one or two of both of those guys, knock on wood, I don't want that to happen, but they go down. It drastically changes the out the outlook of that season. Yeah. Drastically. Bryce Harper's but, down. I guess, my, they can survive. I guess is the argument against is the argument against that they could go down like in spring training also. Like I mean that No, because the intensity of the WBC is way higher, I so it's you. much more likely. Uh, I think the great thing I haven't really DeRosa obviously with baseball central not being MOB Central not being on right now. Um, I'd love to hear his thoughts on he's got some depth in that bullpen though, man, to where those starters, which I think that's what you wanted. You wanted the depth. You know, we've talked about that on here before you've got that depth. So your starters, you're not going to ask them to go deep into games. Yeah. You got a lot of guys you can use. And then you got a lot of guys you can give three days off, you know, like four days off and then come back with them again. That's, that's what you want for this. He's also talked about the fact that he's a very aware, obviously, that players don't that pit that um, teams are worried about their pitchers getting injured. Right. So I think having a deep bullpen allows you to say, okay, Wayne, I'll go get me four, you know? Okay. Miles, yeah, I agree. Go get me four or five. Yep. Like it will and ramp up because I'm, I mean, that's a different thing. And I do think it's really nice that Wayne and miles are the guys from our rotation there um, because they don't rely on velocity or max effort to get out. Those two don't. So I'm not as worried about those two being there as I would be if, let's say, Jack Flaherty was there, Stephen Matz was there. Those two guys know, first off, they're professionals, and they know what they're doing with their body. But also, not that the other two aren't, but you know what I mean. They're they're more veterans, right? But more so than that, they don't rely on 100-mile-per-hour fastballs to be successful. They can be crafty and throw 75% and still be effective. What What is the hunting like in Phoenix, Arizona? I don't, I don't know. I mean, scorpions, I, I don't know. Co- coyotes, maybe. Well, you got Lance Lynn, you got Kershaw, and you got Wayno on the same team. You can't tell me those boys aren't going fishing. They're not, they doing they're going Mi- golfing. And, what are they and doing they're going Miami? night coyote hunting. Huh? What are they going to do in Miami when, um, when they get to the finals? They're going to go well, out clubbing Florida, or are they going to go to the beach? They might take their guns to the clubhouse. I don't know. Like Florida has no rules down there. How about, hey, can we get Lance Lynn back to the Cardinals? Well, that would be nice. That's one of my all-time favorite Cardinals (laughs) pitchers. I love that. Yeah, would love to have – also awesome dude. Would love to have him back. But anyway, I just wanted to hit on the USA baseball for a minute. We don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, Well, something you and I were really hoping to go to. It does not look like that's going to happen. Two things. I was disappointed. The Aaron Judge wasn't there on the roster. Yeah. I really wanted that. And two, no offense to Kyle Higashioka, 
but I would have rather flipped him into Adley Rushman. Yeah. Do you think Rushman just coming into his second major year? Like I saw Bobby Witt Jr.'s on there, which is really That's cool. exciting, dude. But I, I, I just want Rushman run. wanting to, uh, you know, as a catcher, you know, get used to those pitch. Like, I understand that. I really I'm do. sure there's a lot of reason to that. And I'm sure yeah. Judge all coming off that massive contract. Yeah. That's probably part of it as well. Right. So I, I get it. But I just. Well, Trey Turner's I, there. I hope we get to a place where it's more like the the World Cup where it's everybody there. It does suck that we're not going to get to see Bryce out there. Like nobody was worried on about Christian Pulisic getting hurt, right? Playing in the World Cup. Well, he got hurt after just, that, evidently. Um, yeah, but I'm saying you're just going to play right. for the World Cup. It's going to happen. It would. Would I am bummed that we're not going to see Bryce and Trout hitting back to back in that lineup? That would have been awesome. Me too. But gosh, that lineup stacked, man. Trey Turner, Mookie at the top of it with Mike Trout betting behind him. Yeah, but it would have been nice to have Bryce and Aaron Judge right there, right after. Man, Did you bro, see they put out somebody put out Bryce Harper's like high school senior year stats? And he averaged like 19 points a game in the basketball. He had like 10 touchdowns. He was an all-state in the basketball in the in in the basketball season. That's why I didn't finish. You know how my mind works. And then put up unbelievable baseball numbers. Like, there's a reason he was on Sports Illustrated as the chosen one. That was LeBron, dude. No, he was also on. Bryce Harper was too. It's called Baseball's Chosen One. It was the. It was. They were all called the chosen ones. They said baseball's chosen one. It was after it was purposefully after LeBron, but yes. Oh, interesting. Well, and I'm looking to see if I can. Yeah, here it is. Okay, you ready? Aaron Judge's senior year stats in football 54 receptions, 969 yards, 17 duds. Uh baseball, he hit five. Say Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper? Aaron Judge. That's what I'm saying. Judge. We're talking you about said Judge. Bryce Harper. I said Judge. Oh, okay. Well, Bryce Harper was the chosen one, not Aaron Judge. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, Judge 500. Because I said go trout. Harper then Judge and then I transitioned into the. I didn't hear that. I didn't yeah. hear that. Baseball hit 500 with seven jacks and 32 RBIs. Basketball is an All-State center and averaged 18.2 points a game and 12.8 rebounds a game. How was That's he not, not drafted? Your season. How was he not drafted out of out of high school? Because he went to Fresno State. Yeah, I mean, was he? Do we know? And he turned it well, down. Not like high I, enough. To I don't know that answer. He would have gotten drafted in the first. Yeah, round, I don't right? know that answer. Which, um, I mean, imagine the contract that you would have gotten if he would have been a free agent three years earlier couple of a uh, couple of other things i wanted to go through hold on give me one second here to pull this up he was drafted in the 31st round out of high school just to hit on jim bowden this week um throughout this the idea that first of all it was going to be natural in charlotte did you see the expansion and do you have any thoughts well are, are we going to talk about his division realignment because i don't that's what i was talking about um awesome to get um expansion i'm all for that um i would like them to expand two teams and move oakland to las vegas as much as it hurts me i think that franchise is just never gonna get better there um one don't take the giants and the dodgers out of the same division don't take the cubs and the cardinals out of the same division because that just i mean they've they're already only the cubs are already coming to st louis only one time this season right like that's already been diminished don't diminish it even more but other than that i mean i think division realignment would be great for the sport like, I think it'd be interesting if, let's say, the Cardinals were in a division with, you know, the Cubs, the White Sox, and the Royals. I think that'd be interesting if all teams would get their shit together, you know, to have those state rivalries. But I'm all for it. I don't like the way he set it up, to be honest with you. No offense, Jim Bowden, kind of offense, I guess. I don't like most of what he does, but um, I didn't like the division realignment he was Yeah, doing. Bowden has it set up with us being in the Southwest with the Astros, Royals, and Rangers, like you said. Um, yeah, I don't see that. No, I don't see, no I don't see a lot that of travel owners. would be worse for the Cardinals. 
I mean, no, it's probably closer. Everything's closer than Pittsburgh. Well, you're taking Chicago out, and instead you're flying down to Texas twice. Yeah, but you're now going to Kansas City, which would be just like going to Chicago. But instead of going to Pittsburgh, you're going in Cincinnati. Yeah, you're a two and a half hour flight instead of. I still don't know why Pittsburgh is not in. Yeah, I don't love it. I hear. Okay, let me say this: if you're going to expand, I'd like to see another team put out west. Um, And that if that if that's well, Portland. would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be, but, but maybe if you just move Oakland to Vegas, maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they don't want another team out there, I have a, but I don't, I don't love putting more teams like Charlotte. I get it. And Nashville, yeah, I, but don't, now you're putting, I don't even you're get putting two more teams in the Eastern time zone. Like Here's why are we I doing that? With the current state of major league baseball and the spending disparity, I think if you're going to expand and bring in two organizations, one, you have to get an owner that's willing to spend money. And two, you have to make sure you're getting a market that's going to support them so they can spend money, or you're just bringing in two more Pittsburgh Pirates. You know? Yeah. I, so you've also, got to make sure that you're doing that. Also, I just wonder, like Charlotte and Nashville, by the way, both hotbeds right now, mm-hmm. sporting-wise and everything. I do wonder, and I don't know how this influences people. I really don't. But like Nashville, historic minor league, used to have two. I think they only have the Sounds are the only one there now. But they used to have two there, two, uh, two minor league franchises. And obviously Charlotte – North Carolina, massive, massive minor league baseball, you know, and I know that there for years there was a rule and maybe I'm wrong now. I could be talking out of pocket here, but that you couldn't have a minor league team within so many miles, I believe of the major league franchise. Is that still, I don't think that's still a I thing. I think, I think they got rid of that, but I, I remember there used to be did. a, there used to be an, uh, some sort of thing that I don't remember what it was again, talking out of pocket. I don't know, but I'm intrigued to see what they do. I would love to see Portland get a team. Um, that would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it'd be awesome. I don't think it will either, but I do think they may try to get a team closer to Seattle. I do think they might try to do that. Well, Portland would be the answer. Like there's no other answer. Well, yeah, there. I know that's my answer, but well, yeah. no, there's some, just especially some if they're moving Oakland. They're not going to put one in Idaho, dude. Like they're okay. not going to put one in Wyoming. What about Utah? The, the Salt Lake city salts. I mean, that's not like super fun. Fo- they'll, they'll, they'll just steal somebody else's name. Like they did the fucking jazz here in New York, New Orleans. Like what, we just where talked do you go about jazz in Utah? We just talked about how we like the Pelicans name now. I, I do, but it still should be the, come on. It should, St. Louis Blues, New Orleans Jazz, two of the greatest names of all time. Um, Two, sh- two shout outs. And with one shout out, there's a question mark. But shout to Boba Shett, Gets his extension three years, 33.6 million today. We're from Toronto. Nice move by Toronto. Uh, hold on. Boba Shett stud. Not an extension. Uh, arbitration settlement. Sorry, for sorry, years. arbitration. Sorry, I apologize. Wrong. wrong um, so yeah, nice for both of them. I mean, he got yeah. his money. He doesn't have to worry about arbitration. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that sets up some extension talks for them to try and keep him and Vladi together for a while. That's my hope. Darvish, six-year extension. <laughs> what? What? Okay. Do you? How long until the other owners of Major League Baseball file a collusion suit against? Uh, Preller and the MLBPA for jacking up Here, everybody's fucking contracts. Here's what I want to say: one, good for the Padres, I guess. I mean, they're spending the money, whatever. I thought my money. I will. No, say that. no, 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 no. And and here's, to be fair, hold on. Also, before we finish, you and I want players to get as much fucking money as they can. Their window to play very small. But I also I want other teams to be able you. to sign people. Not what you. What the fuck is you, going on? Why you? Yeah, you. Um, yeah. I was hoping we were going to get. Darvish, I'm going to say, because yes. it makes it confusing, for two years next year. That's what I said, I think, at one point. I was like, maybe they'll be able to sign it for a big contract for two years. Six years, first off, great for you, Darvish. Good for him. One of the most successful Japanese players to ever come over here. So that's awesome. Um, 
two, I don't get why you're signing people until the age 42. It's like Albert came back with a resurgence and everybody forgot the 10 years before last year. It's it, And it also for people, it's not like the NFL where they're signing these guys to 15 year deals and all the money's up front, but then they're going to, those contracts are going to get renegotiated and also 37 like, times. And also the NFL. The 15 years. Major League Baseball is guaranteed money. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Is, the NFL has it's it. not guaranteed. And it's, even it's if wild. you restructure it, even if they restructure it, they're going to be paying them like Bobby Bonilla, like the Mets are paying Bobby Bonilla for the next 40 it's, years. It's, it's, it's wild to me because why? I I why wouldn't give you, until he's I think everybody, you know, and I think a lot of people know, I wouldn't give a pitcher six years ever, but especially not and a 36 year old one. Years old? That's what I'm saying. Yep. He turned 37 this year. <laughs> Oh, um, before like we Hugh get Darvish to the mailbag, is a fantastic pitcher who's had oh, a great career. I agree. But what in the world? Justin Berliner didn't get that shit. See the best Japanese pitcher of all time. Um, I mean, yes, but we got to see. I don't know. Um, Matsui's up there, right? Um, well, he was a hitter. Daisuke. Oh, I thought you were talking about Hideki. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hideo Nomo. Yeah, and I think I think he's up there in the conversation. I think Shohei Shohei has a chance to get up there. Hideo Nomo, that's his name. Is Hideo Nomo is he Japanese or yes, he was. Okay, I thought so. Masahiro Tanaka had a great had a great few years up here. He did. I would say Yu Darvish is probably up towards the top, and I think Shohei Otani has a chance to be up there as well. But he's definitely in the conversation. I mean, he's been. I mean, I think he really did. I mean, he's the reason that guys like Kodai Senga. And Masahiro Tanaka were able to come over here because they saw what you Darvish was doing. Right. So good right. for him. Um, okay, before we get to the mailbag and get out of here, just a few things I want to get your take on. All right, as we are approaching. Um, you you we don't have to have any goat talk, but shout out to LeBron. Like I told you I buried the hatchet a couple of years ago. Um, it's not his fault that everybody compared him to everybody else. Like that's fine. What again, you and I've talked on here quite often. Enjoy greatness while you're seeing it because many times we don't. Like even Tom Brady, I, I buried that hatchet years ago. A lot of people didn't. I buried I, that I because I wanted to appreciate watching greatness. And I've done the same yeah. with LeBron. And shout out to him. What I he's gonna end up, he might score 45,000 points in the NBA. And I mean, when you yeah. talk about a guy who's gonna he's fourth all time in assists, I don't know what he can get to. I don't think he can get to Stockton or, or no, he's not yeah, he's not magic too. I'm not sure. Yeah, should know that either way up there. Um, I don't think he'll get to, to that, but he, what, what he's done, um, in my mind, he's the second great, greatest basketball player of all time. Now, um, second or third, you can put it wherever you want. If you want to call him first, I'm not going to get mad at you about it. I don't agree with you, but that's fine. Uh, we, we are witnessing greatness. Lakers make big move today to help that team, but any thoughts on LeBron? Yeah. One congrats an unbelievable yeah. career, like just yeah. absolute, one of the greatest careers in team sports history, period. Agreed. That's just where he's at. Um, my personal opinion would be Michael Jordan's number one, but I'm at a point now. I used to get angry when people said LeBron. Yeah, I don't anymore. I'm at a point now where he has been so good for so long. Great, I guess I should. He's 39, dude. Yeah, 38. But I he's been so great for so long that if you were to come up to me and say LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, I'm not going to necessarily agree with you, but I'm not going to say that you can't make the argument. No, he has been. I I thought he has been amazing. He's been the player of my generation. It was Kobe and then him. Um. Seems like a great dude, does a lot for charity. So he deserves all the praise. Him. Really yeah. cool to see him and Kareem go out there and yeah. take pictures together. He said fuck on the internet on he live did. TV and made Skip fan of that. mad. Made Skip yeah, Bayless fan mad of for that. some reason. But um, I thought it was awesome. I thought his interview with Shaq after the game was awesome. 
where yep. Shaq made him say that he was the greatest player of all time. I mean, what do you want him awesome. to say? Like, why should he not, dude? Like, here's I thought Jalen Rose. I think it was Jalen Rose, who, by the way, my favorite uh, as a massive NBA fan, Jalen Rose, my favorite guy to listen to talk basketball. I love that dude. Um, but he uh, he said something about the fact of like LeBron was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He's already like named the goat essentially coming out of high school that everybody in the NBA had an ax to grind essentially against LeBron. And at 18, he's at like, throwing 18. Sho- he's like <laughs> at 18, he's throwing shoulders at guys. And Jalen Rose, like, I still got some of these on my arm from him. And he's like, and you know, when you have, we've talked about this with Bryce since he was 10 years old, people have been calling him the, the prodigy, but then to do it, that's the thing. Like you can get called the greatest, but to then continue to do it, I have absolute mad respect for that. And like I said, I buried the hatchet with him a, year, a long time. It wasn't with him. It was with his fans, if we're going to be honest. Um, I, I, love, I, I watch him play almost every night. I love it. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, I even texted you guys. I was like, hey, you better watch LeBron. We were tonight. watching. Yeah, we were Because we all knew. We all, you know when he's 36 away. Yeah. He's not going to limp it to a 12 point to get the record. And how he's cool at halftime he's talking to his kids. He's like, I need 16. That's eight a quarter. They're like, go for it. And you know they're saying go for it. They don't want to have to come back the next night. <laughs> they're like, you go yeah. for it. Let's get this done now. We're all here. So, um, so cool to see Jay-Z in there. I mean, everybody was there, which I expected is fucking L.A. Cool to see him do it at home, which, by the way, you know, unless he would have scored 68 here in New Orleans. And how fitting to do it as a Laker in Staples Center. Well, I'm calling it Staples Center. I'm not calling it crypto. I know. In Staples crypto. Center. With yep. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar there to break his record, that's pretty cool. Um, just a couple of things I want to get your take on the NBA. Also, Kyrie to Dallas. Thoughts? Go. Um, he's a great player. He is. He is a great player. Um, and I think with uh, on the last year of his contract, I think he and Luca will play very well together. I really do. I think when Kyrie is motivated to play, uh, which he is right now, because not, and nobody's going to sign him to a long deal, I don't think. But when he's motivated to play and you put him out there, with Tim Hardaway Jr. and you put him out there with Luka Doncic and you put him out there with the other guys. Name Tim Hardaway Jr. before Luka. Well, nice. I was just saying. Well, I mean, obviously <laughs> I said Luka earlier, but you know, Dwight Christian Powell, Wood. yeah, Christian Wood, um, Maxi Kleber. I don't know if I pronounce that right. I think they say it differently, but either way, you put him out there with those guys. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I think that he's- that West, first of all, now transition. Kevin oh. Durant to the Suns. Yeah, I want to say one more thing about Kyrie. Oh, sure, sure. But um, no one's ever going to question how great of a basketball player Kyrie Irving is. It's other stuff about him that I don't like, that most people don't like. But um, when he's on the court, he's going to be great. Um, yep. Kevin Durant going to the Suns I to like one in the morning. I was almost falling asleep. And then I looked at my phone. and I was like, what the hell? And I texted you. And I was like, holy shit. Kevin yeah. Durant's a Phoenix Sun. Great move for the Suns. Um, New we'll owner, gonna work. new owner in Phoenix. Like last year, they said they were close to getting the Durant deal done, and the owner nixed it because he didn't want to deal Bridges and Cam Johnson and the draft picks. New owner said, "Fuck it, let's go win." Which, by the way, mad respect for. I agree. We don't know what the draft picks are ever going to be. Those are low draft picks anyway because Phoenix is going to be good. So, yeah, let's go. How wild? How do they I have four guys on earlier? max contracts? Like Harden, Durant, Kyrie was supposed to be. I mean, that was supposed to be greatness right there, right? That was supposed to be the next. Golden State team. You got all those guys are gone. You got Ben Simmons and a bunch of draft picks. No all-stars. I mean, what they're calling it the biggest collapse in in like sports team history, franchise history. Franch, there we go. Sports team franchise history. 
Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's just a, I mean, who didn't see that coming? I well, I did because a week well, ago I told Ky- you the whole time I said put those three people on the same team. It's a disaster. But what and I'm saying was. is a week ago they were what second in the in the East, and people were talking oh, about yeah. them as being uh, Eastern Conference like a, a a possibility with Durant and Kyrie. How can you you got Durant and Kyrie? I can't argue against that. And now they're both gone because Kyrie demanded a trade. Wild. Um, so did Durant, to be fair. Uh, Lakers get rid of Westbrook. Evidently, he might end up in Chicago. Evidently, so did hear today from Stephen A. Smith, just to clarify, I have been critical with you, of uh, not w- about you, but w- the Anthony Davis sitting, watching. Evidently, right before that happened, Westbrook, Darvin Ham, screaming match. That's why Anthony Davis was in a terrible mood. That's just what I heard from Stephen A. Smith today. Um, did not know that bit of information. Westbrook evidently nightmare in the clubhouse with the Lakers. Don't say that. Always at her, huh? Don't say that. Well, that's what Stephen A. Smith reported from the late. Like, I'm just get, I'm just relaying. Yeah, their job is to shock people and get them to believe okay. stuff. Don't know. I'm a, you and I are both Westbrook fans. Um, I you and I both also said didn't understand how that works there. So I think he ends up in Chicago. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I'm, I like Westbrook, but Josh Richardson um, to New Orleans thoughts. Not many. We'll see how it works. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko traded from the Blues. You're a big Blues guy. I'm trying to get to become one. Uh, glad I did not buy the Tarasenko jersey, 91. Uh, the, uh, my buddies of mine say they did not get enough from the Rangers. They're wrong. Um, okay. For multiple reasons. They said one, the conditional draft picks are the problem. One conditional draft pick. Well, they're both conditional, but they are both. they're both first round. They're both first round. One was a first round pick. So one I don't is, really it, care. I wanted a first round pick no matter what. Two, the other one, if they make the playoffs, which they got Vladimir Tarasenko, they're probably going to make the playoffs. You get a third round pick instead of a fourth round pick. I don't okay. mind that one at all. Here's okay. the thing um, that to make, he had a no trade clause. Okay. So he got to choose where he wanted to go. Right. The Blues had a guy with a no trade clause who was an unrestricted free agent next year who everybody knew wanted to leave St. Louis after this contract. And the Blues wanted him gone. They had okay. zero leverage. Okay. They had to choose a team he'd go to and they had to trade him. So to get a first round pick out of that is great to me. But before, I don't even really want to talk about that side of it. No, I, I just Vladimir was... Taras- hold, hold on. Yeah. I want to talk about oh. Vladimir Tarasenko and what he did for the city of St. Louis by bringing the Blues back onto the map. The guy's one of the greatest players in St. Louis Blues history. He had one, he had, um, he played a massive role in bringing them the first ever Stanley Cup in 2019. He is top five St. Louis sports figures since I have been alive. And I, I wish him nothing but the best. I appreciate every second he gave here. I know it ended very poorly. That's okay. The first 10 years ish of his career were absolutely incredible. And I hope he's great in New York and I hope he wins a ring. Okay, that's where we'll end it. That's good. Um, last thing before we get to the mailbag. Super Bowl Sunday. One, what are you doing for it? Um, getting some wings and probably drinking. High noons. Don't know yet. Okay. If you haven't yet, by the way, the neutrals are good, and the truly vodka seltzers are very good. If They're I'm, new. If I'm, if I'm getting seltzer, I'm getting high They're cheaper. Now. They're way I cheaper, dude. I don't care. I'll pay, I'll pay Whoa, for the or- taste fucking money bags over here no i don't um, spend much money but if i do i'll spend it on those okay who are you who are you picking in the super bowl patrick mahomes yeah isn't it, it uh 73 of the money is on the eagles now a lot of that can be missouri doesn't have legalized sports gambling um a lot of that can be whatever you want to take it one and a half eagles favorite you're taking the chiefs taking the chiefs because i think 
Well, the Eagles' defense is what scares me. Their defensive line is just there. It's a it's a bear. They will go after the quarterback, and Mahomes is still probably a little bit sore and tender on his ankle. I would assume, but I just won't ever bet against that man in a big game. And I've yet to see Jalen Hurts. I don't want to take away from him getting to the Super Bowl. That's an incredible accomplishment for him, but we haven't really seen him have to struggle through a playoff game yet, and he's not going to be able to just roll through the Chiefs. And I don't know how he's going to respond to that. So I trust Mahomes more. Okay. I, I'm also going with the Chiefs. So we will either be spot on or not. I would be mad if either team was, though. I think both teams are really fun to watch. I'm going to pick Mahomes. That, that's why. I'm picking Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid. That's what I'm doing. I think he starts his ascent into being um, into trying to catch Tom Brady this um, this. And season. then the dynasty talk begins because now you've won two and you've been, you've been to three. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. And he won um, without Tyreek Hill when people said he couldn't. We're going to the parades on Sunday and then coming back. And normally your mom always cooks something, but I think we're ordering pizza and wings as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's okay. You ready to get to, are you ready to get to the, the, not, the hard, hard nine bag? Yeah. All right. I'm going to bring them to you. All right. All right straight cool. from. Um, Compton. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. <laughs> Do you think uh, Daniel Harmon, Grafton, Illinois representing shout out, buddy. Uh, Oyster bar. Loading dock. We love it up there. Bobby G's, I think, is a cool spot. Um, and then he said, I'm not convinced that Goldschmidt and Arenado will be DHing a whole bunch. I think we're looking at two people uh two people if they uh keep a generic pace of gameplay that are going into the Hall of Fame. We agree, by the way. Uh so gameplay at their position will be at a premium. Thanks, Marmal knows their future Hall of Fame and uh keeps them at their positions. Thoughts. I couldn't disagree more with just about everything he said. And you, not are you not, saying those two aren't going to be just about famers? just about that's the only part I agree with. One last year, when they were a year younger, mind you, both in the MVP race, they each they DH a combined forty times. So that's a fourth of the season. I assume that number will either stay the same or go up. If I had to guess, well, I'll say so you're saying combined a fourth combined of the they DH forty times, an eighth for each of them, a fourth combined. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, So I think that will continue. I think Brendan Donovan plays a massive role into why that will continue. And I believe that them being a Hall of Fame, no one cares if Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado have 20 games DHing at the age of 32. Okay. All right. Um, Daryl Dixon. David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. Daryl Dixon, our favorite um, crossbow shooter. Yeah. Crossbow shooter. uh, Also was fantastic in. Boondock Saints. So shout out. Uh, Been loving the podcast, podcast, guys. Appreciate you for that. Thank you. I'm excited to see what Gorman can do this year. His power is exciting, but I think he's going to get the most of a bats at DH against right-handed pitching. The main reason I think that is because Donovan is more consistent, gets on base, grinds every bat, and can hit left-handed pitching better than Gorman. But I got a feeling Gorman is going to take his game to the next level. Having Donovan and Gorman fighting for second is exciting and a good problem to have. Yepes is just as exciting as Gorman. I just wish Yepes could play better defense. He's liability out there. I'm so ready for the season to start. 12 and 23, start the March, Daryl. Let's start the March, 12 and 23. Yeah. Um, and we'll I get to Yepes later, by the way. We will yeah, be doing a profile yes, on him. I think Donovan's position playing second base depends on how everybody else around the field is doing if anyone's injured knock on wood hope it doesn't happen if players in the outfield aren't playing well and maybe jordan walker's not quite up yet um for whatever reason i could see him playing a lot of games in the outfield and then you go ahead and just place you know gorman at second base i could i don't know what's gonna happen i think they're both gonna play a lot of second base 
But I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, you just never really know how those things are going to work themselves no. out during the season. Nope. Uh, Jason DiBernardi, Jason DiBernardi, DiBernardi, Jason DiBernardi. All right, Jason. He's lost one subscriber. There no, is. I don't think so. Fellas, love watching <laughs> your videos. Good info and breakdown of Gorman and Donovan. Thanks for what you do. Thank you for what you do, Jason. Thanks for watching. Um, Birch 24 expectations, question mark. Cardinal Nation expects to win our division, win the National League Championship, and go on to the World Series. We expect nothing less. That was uh, to the podcast that you titled, What's Your Expectations for the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals Be? I, I don't know that he watched the podcast, but just saw I the, think he forgot that he wasn't on Twitter and realized that that's a title to something. That'd be like responding to an article and yeah. not reading it and saying, well, this title. I mean, I, I mean right. okay. But I maybe you didn't if you didn't. Thank you, by the way. Also, we agree. Those are our expectations but as the well. Question we was, also what believe should... that's Mo and DeWitt's expectations as well. Oh boy, someone's gonna not like that in the comments. Well, and it's Ollie's. We know it's Ollie's. He said so. Yeah, I mean, yes. The expect that is the ex that's the expectation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said in the video, I believe. Um, Blake Tade, he loves us. Love you guys. Wasn't offended. And I think we talked about him before. And it made that, me no, laugh. That was after I thought you Thanks, said lack. That was after I thought you said lactate. You did, you did. Oh, you gotta bring it back up. Well, I just wanted to bring some context. Well, let's call him block A. That wasn't funny. That was... I... <laughs> Blake, we appreciate you, buddy. We really do. Keep commenting. We do. Don't let Kale get you down. That man's that still was sitting about in you, the not jail cell up. up there. Uh, that was about you. Uh, Jay Snow, we think that's JT. Hey, big fan of yours, buddy. When you played first base for the Giants, could rake, hit from Who? both... Hit, hit. J, JT Snow? What's oh, just Jay Snow? I don't know if it's really JT. Or it could be I... John. Yeah, I'm about to say it could be John. It could be John Snow, but Jay Snow did get a kick out of me telling you to let my cook, uh, cook not cook, <laughs> cook. Uh, he does love the pot. He says, thank you, Jason. We appreciate our Jay. Uh, what is the most competitive position the players will be competing for in spring training? Uh, his pick would be the DH. Go. Outfield. All right. Um, I did not read all of it because we're running out of time, but he also talked about the outfield with Burleson, Gomez, and Walker in that category. So he also did go on to comment about that. We agree. We agree. Yep. Um, Jamerica, shout out Jamerica. If Walker wins uh, Rookie of the Year, I'm offering him 13 years, 195 million. That's a good contract for both sides. Anytime somebody offers me 195 million, I'm in. If Jordan Walker becomes the guy we think he can be, okay, don't expect it, please, because the kid's 20. But if he becomes the guy we think he can be and has a massive year like a Julio Rodriguez type, then you offer him a Julio Rodriguez type deal that's incentive laden that backs you if he's not as good as you think he could be and backs him if he is as good as he can be. That's what I would do. Right. Um, Steve, Steve, your guy, Steve, Steve. What happens if O'Neill and Carlson bounce back in the spring? Newpar continues and Walker breaks out with a better spring than all three. I think most of us are assuming one of the three outfielders doesn't bounce back, have a good spring, and if Walker stands out, he's up. Can he steal a spot from one that is looking good? Or, I think that I think there was supposed to be a period there. Can he start question mark? He steal a spot from one. That is looking good. Uh, we are going to do a start our outfield next week. Um, so tune into that. I think we'll, we'll answer all of those questions, or at least what we believe, because we don't know. Like, nobody knows. But I do yeah. think those are all valid questions. Mm -hmm. I think they're all things that everybody's talking about. And I do think that the outfield spot is incredibly intriguing right now, because coming into last year, the three were locked up. Coming into this year, I don't know that they're as locked as everybody thinks they are. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're going to talk about it, obviously. I think Jordan right. Walker is going to get as a chance to impress. Yeah, I agree. And, we'll and talk if he about impresses, that. we'll see where that goes. It's hard to answer Jordan Walker questions when we haven't seen how he's played in spring That's training yet. Exactly. Um, Rich MLE, Rich Melly, Melly. Um, Tommy Edmond is the third best player on a team that has Goldschmidt Arenado on it. Every successful team has to have a Tommy Edmond type of player on it. The kid is a spark plug, and I feel it's greatly underappreciated by fans and media like. Well, we fucking agree with all of that. Um, I don't know who's the best with, player. Wilson Contreras might be. Yeah, I agree with all that, but he's up there, man. Either way, he's right, up agreed. there in the conversation. See, you I just underrated third, him again. You could argue he's the third most valuable player on the team. Yeah. You could. And we have to see what yeah. Wilson does as a Cardinal. He hasn't played yet. But, Rich, um, thank yeah, you. He's underrated. He has a spark plug. I agree. And he is a guy. He's a winning player. He's a David Eckstein type winning player, you know. I think he's better than David Eckstein. Uh, he is, but he's going to help. But you have a guy on that team, and he can help you win a win like David Eckstein. No offense, by the way, to David Eckstein. I mean, M- David Eckstein has two MVP. rings, doesn't he? Yeah, World Series MVP. I know. Um, so thank you, everybody, for commenting on, on YouTube. We greatly appreciate you. I love doing these. I like to get your take off of those. Um, and to give everybody a shout-out, we appreciate that. Anything else you need to say before we get out of here? Because I'm going to go eat something. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeNoble08. You can find that guy across from me. They'll be Caleb, below our faces. At, oh, there we go. I forgot. So just look down here. And also, I have done a thing. I started putting the links to the Twitters in the bio of our um, podcast. So this there's a link to our um, our podcast page, The Hard Nine. So Because we don't even know what it is. We've, keep messed, we've messed it up so many times. And a link to his Twitter and my Twitter. Just click the link and it'll take you there. Fantastic. You can find us on Facebook. We're getting a lot of stuff on Facebook. Um, what, next week, I'll bring Facebook comments, and I couldn't do it all this week. But thank you for, for the Facebook stuff, Hard Nine Pod as well. Instagram, we don't comment or post, post anything on there, but we are there Instagram for future sucks. reference. For future reference, we are there. But as always, if, when you're watching this, if you're liking it, if you've made it this far, we think you like it or you're crazy. One of the two. So if you could hit that subscribe button. Or you fell button, asleep and you just right, woke up. Yeah, hey, as you're waking up and the drool is coming off your face, please just hit the subscribe uh, tell your friends. We greatly appreciate you. Have an incredible Super Bowl weekend. Have a fun. Was like, oh, we're coming up on Mardi Gras down here. It's wild down here. We will talk about that next week. But have have an incredible Super Bowl weekend. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Be kind. We'll see you soon.